Paul the Apostle writing here to Titus in verse 4 of chapter 1. Titus 1 verse 4. It says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, our, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's writing, and this is a greeting, an opening to uh, his epistle to, or letter to Titus. And he says, my son, so he's a spiritual son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace. From who? Not from Paul. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. I shared with you last week that in all of the other epistles, uh, general epistles that were written to churches, he said grace and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was writing to the pastors, he said grace, mercy, and peace. And did the same in the other pastoral epistles. So grace, mercy, and peace. Well, God's grace and God's mercy and peace is toward us. Hallelujah. Uh, God is a God of grace. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of peace, and he gives that to us. Thank God forever. I'm going to Micah. I'll share a number of scriptures with you today. In Micah, if you will, please, Micah. Chapter 7 and verse 18. Hopefully you can get those up on the screen. Uh, Micah uh, 7 and verse 18. In Micah 7 verse 18 it says, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. That'd be worthy of reading again, wouldn't it? Yes. Who is like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. In other words, God's not happy with people's sin. God's not, he said, he retains not his anger forever. He, he's certainly not happy with people's sin because he knows the destructive thing that it does in their life and how it destroys uh, people. But thank God he pardons our iniquity. Hallelujah. And... He delights in mercy, so he lets go of his anger, and he delights in mercy. And mercy is a thing that you get when you come to God and come to him looking for that. Come to God wanting his mercy. And we need his mercy not just when we sin. We just need his mercy. Hallelujah, because his mercy and his grace is, is like the fuel that we run on, the, 
the mercy of God, the, uh, the grace of God is uh, toward us and God's grace and his mercy enables us to live in a way that God wants us to live. It's not just for uh, on the back end when you sin, but it's on the front end when you just need mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we need it every day. Thank God for his mercy coming towards you. As the Apostle Paul wrote that his mercy and grace from God the Father and from uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, his grace, mercy, and peace is coming towards you, Titus. Thank you, Jesus. So we just need to see ourselves on the receiving end of that grace, mercy, and peace, just like he's writing to Titus and and all the other epistles, when we're reading them, uh, it's not just a, a, a letter written to the uh, church at Ephesus. It's a letter written to us. Uh, it's not just a letter written to uh, Colossae, but it is a re- letter written to us. It is a letter written to the church. Praise God. And the pastoral epistles were written to pastors, but uh, it's also to us. Every one of us. Amen. And we can learn from whatever scripture we look to in the word of God. Amen. Amen. So thank God forever. He delights in mercy. Go with me to Psalm 103 and we're going to go to verse 8. Psalm 103 and verse 8. In verse 8, it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. The Lord is merciful and gracious. That's, that's his heart. That's who he is. That's his character. He's merciful and he's gracious. He's slow to anger. You know, if he tells us to be slow to anger, <laughs> he would be slow to anger. Yeah. Right? So he's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He's got plenty of mercy and he's plenteous, meaning he's plenteous in mercy and he's distributing. Hallelujah. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. You know, the scripture says, be ye angry and sin not. In other words, if you get angry, just don't stay that way. Ephesians implies don't go to bed that way. So he said, he will not keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now, how many are glad for that today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, we'd all be sunk if we were rewarded according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. 
As the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. Toward those that fear him, reverence him. So there's mercy coming from heaven. There's mercy coming to me. There's mercy coming to you. There's mercy coming all the time if we'll just receive it. It's always available. God doesn't run out of mercy. God doesn't run out of grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many are glad that he didn't run out? <laughs> Maybe this week. He says, well, I'm sorry. I'm a, a low, low on mercy this week. No, no. He's plenteous in mercy. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So God's not holding your sin over you. No, he has canceled your sin. He has removed your sin. He has blotted out your sin. Glory to God. And your sin is removed and it doesn't exist as far as God is concerned. God has seen it and he has removed it, and he has deleted it, and it is no longer there. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. Now go with me. I know we're looking at some Old Testament scriptures, but they're, they're good. Lamentations. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lamentations. Lamentations, and we're going to look at verse 3, and uh, chapter 3, excuse me, and verse 22. Chapter th uh, 3 and verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. So it sounds like we need his uh, mercies every day. Hallelujah to Jesus. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. If the devil had his way, he'd destroy all of us. But he's a liar and a thief and a murderer and a killer, but... He came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. So thank God we're on the end of having life and having it more abundantly. Praise God, because we've made a choice. We've made a decision. We've chosen Jesus, and Jesus is Lord of our life, and we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, and in Him we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, a remission of sins. So our sins have been remitted and blotted out and they're gone hallelujah and we're home in the presence of God hallelujah to Jesus his mercies are new every morning 
The day you called on Jesus, his mercy was there. The day you called on him and were born again, his mercy, the mercy seat of heaven was plenteous in mercy, and you met mercy, praise God. You met grace, and you met God, hallelujah, and you were saved. You were born again. You became a child of God. God became your father, and you're in the kingdom of God, and God is your very own father. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, it's a day of rejoicing. But since we live in this world, we need the mercy and the grace of God the first time in order to get saved, to be born again. Of course, you received his mercy because if it were not for his mercy before you were saved, you would have been consumed. But God kept you alive. Thank God. And then you got saved. And then you still need his mercy. So you need his mercy and his grace. And you're looking to him. God is waiting for you to reach out to him. Hallelujah to Jesus. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. God is full of compassion. Hallelujah to Jesus. God is full of compassion. He has compassion on the hurting, on the broken, on the lost. And he has compassion on you. Whatever you're dealing with in life, whenever you're dealing with it, God has compassion. He's full of compassion. And his compassions fail not. Hallelujah. So it's going to (laughs) work. So it's working right now. Praise the Lord. And then it says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Praise God forever. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. Hallelujah. Your mercies are new every morning. Praise God. So his mercy is new because he's so fresh. (laughs) He doesn't ever get stale or old. His mercies are never old. His mercies are never, come on, are never going to run out. And his mercies are new every morning. So when you get up, mercy is there. Mercy is there to meet you. Mercy is there to greet you. When you open your eyes, thank God for his mercy. Another day of his mercy. Another day of his grace. Another day of his goodness. Another day, hallelujah, of his grace and peace. Thank God forever. All right, go with me now to Hebrews. 
Hebrews 4. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 4. Thank God forever. Thank you, Jesus. We're looking at verse 14. Okay, let me get a show of hands. Am I moving too slow for you? I'm giving you time to get to your scripture so you can look at it. Are we working good? All right. Praise the Lord. I like for you to look at it in your own Bible. All right, so... We're looking at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of, what? Grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God. So let's go back to verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, seeing that we have this great high priest that is passed into the heavens, let us hold fast our profession. Hold fast our profession or our confession. Now your profession or your confession would be to be... The Word of God, something in line with the Word of God. So holding fast to your confession would be getting some scriptures that apply to your need or your life. And it can be general or it can be specific. But you need to be on a regular basis holding fast to your profession. In other words, get some scriptures that you confess on a daily basis. And then get some more scriptures that you confess on a daily basis. You don't have to just do those for the rest of your life. But hold fast to your profession. And when the pressure is on, is when the devil is trying to make you let go. He's trying to uh, get you to... Give in to cry uncle. He wants you to he wants you to give in to his lies. He wants to suggest thoughts to your mind and then you to speak those out of your mouth. So he's a liar. And so he's a, a manipulator of the. Uh, human mind. He is a liar and a thief and a destroyer and a murderer. That's just his character, his nature. That's who he is. 
And so he's out to destroy. That's what he's up to. And he's in this world and you coexist in this world with darkness and the kingdom of Satan. There's a kingdom of God in this world and the kingdom of Satan in this world. And you coexist. You're in the same world. And so the devil comes against your life with temptation in, or in your flesh or uh, temptation in your mind or, or uh, tries to do something to harm you in some way. Come on. Or relational uh, differences and tries to get you upset and angry and, and uh, hold on to it and unforgiving. Right? So he's up to some no good all the time. He's, he's, he's a bad devil. And he's up to no good. He's up to steal, kill, destroy, rob from, steal from, take advantage of in any way he can. So he's out to get you to let go of your confession. And your confession is to be the Word of God or in line with or in, uh, in sync with the Word of God. In other words, you could confess something that is in line with the Word of God, which would be a good confession. But get Scripture so that you know that it is in line. Hallelujah. So your confession is a personal thing. In other words, you're making the Word of God personal to your life. <clears throat> so, in other words, if you're confessing who you are in Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's not just any man, that's you man. You woman, you person, right? It's talking to you. So then make it personal and say, I am in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. I am a new person in Christ. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away and all things in me are new. And all things are of God. Praise the Lord. You can quote the scripture, but then make it personal to self-identify. Your identification is with Jesus. Praise God. So you're just identifying with Jesus instead of the lies of the devil that tells you what you're not or who you are not or what you don't meet up to or you're not enough. Or if it's a righteousness scripture, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, I thank you, Father, that you were made that Jesus was made to be my sin. He was made sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God. So I confess that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So making the confession a personal identification of who you are. Hallelujah. That's not who you're trying to be. That's who you are. Now, you may not feel like it, but you are who God says you are. Thank you, Jesus. 
You might not have even acted like it. <clears throat> Praise God. Now, if you didn't act like it, let's just take it from a natural standpoint for a moment. If you didn't act like who you are, doesn't mean that's not who you are. I mean, in other words, it was out of character for you. It wasn't what you would generally do. You're still the same person. Well, let's take it to the spiritual dimension. You are a spirit. And so you are a new creation in Christ in your spirit. You are the righteousness of God in your spirit. So if you didn't act like you were righteous, you might need to say, Father, forgive me. Right? And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Just take a moment to get that right. Praise the Lord. Doesn't take a week. So don't wait a week. You know, just go ahead and do that now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, so you are a new creation in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And you make it personal. And Jesus is a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. He's the high priest of your confession. So the next verse says, For if we, uh, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, or our weaknesses. So everybody in the room has them. Weaknesses, that is. Weaknesses in our flesh, weaknesses in our life. Everybody has weaknesses. So he says, God can be touched. We have a high priest, Jesus, who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows our weaknesses and he can be touched. He can identify but then it says but he was he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin so Jesus understands temptation he was a real man he was not you know just God just walking around here he was God he was God manifest in the flesh but he was a real man, and he had real temptation from the devil. And so he knew what temptation was. He knew the pressures, and he understands. And he understands better than anybody understands because he's been tempted in all points, in all points. Now, I believe when the Bible says in all points that God means all points. I mean, so the devil went at him with, at every angle to try to give him, get him to give in. He sweated, as it were, great drops of blood under temptation pressure. And the scripture says in Hebrews, you have not yet resisted unto blood. 
So Jesus was tempted in all points, so he understands. He must, mm, glory to God. He understands. He understands the, the temptation that people are hit with. And he can be touched. He can, he can be, he can relate to, he can, he, he gets it. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. When is he telling you to come boldly to the throne of grace? When you need help. Don't wait till you need. You're in bad shape. But, you know, he said when you need help. He understands your weaknesses. He understands what you're going through. He understands the temptation. He understands the pressures. He knows. And he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace with boldness and confidence come to the throne of grace. And he calls it the throne of grace because grace is obtained there. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. That we may, have, uh, we may find grace and mercy. Hallelujah. In a and help in a time of need. So the mercy is there. The mercy seat is there. The grace of God is there. The mercy and the grace of God are endless. His mercy endures forever, praise God. He just wants us to come and receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Jonah. Go with me to Jonah, too. Thank you, Jesus. In Jonah chapter 2, in verse 7, it says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. In other words, there's mercy available, but they that observe lying vanities. What are lying vanities? Lies of the devil. Lies that come against your mind, come against your thought life, come against your life or, or something that you're uh, visually seeing and, and, you're, and you're lusting after. And it's a, and it's a lie. It's a lying vanity. Come on. The world, the flesh, or the devil. It's the world sometimes. It's the world's, the lure of the world. Sometimes it's your flesh. Sometimes it's the devil. But he's behind all of it. In the, in the sense of he's working on all of it. So then... Do not observe lying vanities. And when we, I pray, God, help us to recognize lying vanities when they come. 
that it is indeed a lying vanity. But his, his, his response is this. And after they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. So instead of listening the way you deal with that lying vanity, sometimes you rebuke it or cast it down, right? Cast down imaginations, high things that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But then you go into praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, then you go into praise. Don't just say, I rebuke that, I bind that, I cast that down. Say, now, I'm going to praise God for the truth. Hallelujah. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. So this is not a silent prayer. I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. Sometimes you need to lift your voice. Not just at church when you're coached. No, or led to do so, but at home or in your car. It's a good place. <laughs> in your car is a good place to lift your voice. Praise God. You say, what do people think if you're alone and you're lifting your voice? They may think you're singing with your, uh, your music or whatever. I don't know. They don't care what they think. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise the Lord out loud. <laughs> going to rejoice in God right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now. Right now. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. The Psalm 120 or Psalm 23 it says, Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we're in the house of God now, but we're going to be in the house of God forever. Hallelujah. This is a household of faith. And it's a, big, it's a part of a big family. Hallelujah. Much bigger than us. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 135, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, 
for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom established the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever.